Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to a little insight into our favorite little show. It's issue 39, Fears of a Clown. My friend Heather and I find ourselves in the position of talking to people that have very interesting things to say on a fairly regular basis, which is perfectly acceptable for both of us because we find talking to a lot of these folks very entertaining, especially when that person happens to be comedian Luke Thiers, local to the Rochester, New York area, who happens to know a thing or two about sitcoms and the art of delivering comedy. In fact, uh, we had the pleasure of talking to him about it here and now. So it's kind of curious, like what uh, what kind of shows are you inspired by and what what, what brought you to this point where you're like, I have this real insight into sitcoms. Like I really kind of see how they tick. Spending a lot of time with them. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a kid who grew up with TV. You know, uh, I, I, I grew up in a, a home with uh, just, just my mom, single mom and my sister. Uh, so there's a lot of, I was babysat by the TV a lot. There she is, the old radiation king. Same here. <laughs> yeah yeah um i've always loved you know the the 24 minute sitcom format the smaller the better generally what we're talking about is the the family friend or workplace sitcom um you know we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about a more specific mm-hmm. format something that was really kind of uh solidified by norman lear in the 70s with uh with the 80 billion shows that he created right. seems kind of low i mean i might be rounding down right <laughs> you know what he did it had been done before, but I think what, what he really mastered was the idea of sincerity and warmth and comfort in a sitcom. That's something that really appeals to mm. me about it. You know, I, I, uh, I'm uh, uh, in a lot of uh, groups online on Reddit and such for people with depression. I have depression. Um, and something that I find over and over is people are particularly huge fans of The Office. Cheers. Know, some other shows like Friends. You know, the one with the four actors in it. Shows that have run for many, many seasons. Um, and I think there's uh, there's this really wonderful film- familiarity and, and warmth in watching people you care about kind of learn and succeed over and over. Again and again and again and again and again. And that to me is like what, what's really special mm-hmm. about uh, about that particular form of sitcom. <laughs> Also, I, I just, I love comedy, <laughs> you know? I love anything that makes people laugh. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. So I'm, I'm 41, and uh, for most of my life, almost two decades, I was a bartender, um, and mm-hmm. then towards the tail end of that, I was working at kind of the higher-end cocktail places. Jet set bartenders, right? The Caribbean, Jamaica, man. Can I buy a drink? My rum specialties, perhaps? Bartender with the line for everything. The bartender. Now, he's about to be swept off his feet. <laughs> Stay here forever. By the one thing he didn't expect. Comedy, ha ha! 
through that had got into doing some teaching and classes and presentations. And I'd always, you know, wanted to do stand-up and comedy. And I, I'd written written a lot of scripts and I have pages of scripts that nobody's ever seen. You know, there's just sort of did for my, my own uh, edification. I'm not ashamed. I kind of started burning out on bartending and I, you know, it's just like, I'm just going to give stand up a shot. Um, and uh, really didn't look back from there. Didn't look around, didn't slow down. Didn't even look in the rear view mirror. You know, that was uh, two years before quarantine started. <laughs> Um, so I was really kind of hitting stride right right when, uh, <laughs> when quarantine hit. Uh, what a bummer! Which, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's well, you know I think every performer has that that story in with some form or another. That's for sure. It's been a it's been a rough year for everybody, but um, you know live performers have their own particular right. hell, and, and I'm sure you know you guys can associate. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely been a change. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sure, and I know like. Not for every podcast, but I know for a lot of podcasters, live performances are a big piece of their revenue. Revenue? Wait, re- revenue? Yeah, oh. can you put a pin <laughs> yeah. in that? We'll, Pod- we'd like to, maybe we could ask you off mic or something, because that's uh, we're really curious about these two words together. Are they even speaking English? If there's like one sitcom I'm going to uh, recommend everybody to watch that I feel like might be a little bit uh, off the radar uh, is a show called You're the Worst. I'm going to leave you anyway. I'm going to leave you. Uh, I think it was originally on mm. FX or FFX, one of those. Um, it might be a little hard to track down online these days. And I'm sure it's on one of the streaming services. Oh, they have the internet on computers now. But it, it's incredibly well done. It handles some issues like uh, depression. Uh, one of the characters is an Iraq war veteran. Um, there, there's a few things that deals with uh, very well in a, in a very tender way um, that is also absolutely hilarious. As my grandma used to say, it's only a walk of shame if you're capable of feeling shame. Thanks for doing all this sex stuff on me. You want to watch a little TV first? Where's the TV? I watch on my computer. What do you mean you watch on your computer? You're so old. What? You're losing your hair. Why would you say that to me? I'm practicing. Practicing what? Dying alone? Highly recommended. Mm. Every part in it is is like nail on the head cast. Uh, I couldn't stop. I won't stop saying good things about it if I keep going. Uh, it's a wonderful show. I absolutely recommend that. And that's that's been an inspiration to me. The more you know. Very sincere in the way that Bojack is, in the way that Bojack handles things like alcoholism and depression. It's a hell of a combination. Where you're, you're laughing your whole way right. through, um, but I've also cried at a few episodes, you know. We've all been there. Uh, you know, I love, the, I, I really like the form. I can watch any show. There's shows uh, that sometimes I'll watch, even though I don't like them at all. Like, uh, you know, not to trash other people's work, but I'm not a particularly huge fan of the Big Bang Theory. But I've watched through mm. whole seasons of it, um, just because uh, there, there's something to me that's appealing even just seeing it done, you know, even if I'm looking at it and saying, oh, I would have done this completely the opposite way. That's still sort of pleasing to me in a way. You know, I'm really having a great time. I feel that way about stand-up too. Like I, I can really, I can sit through a lot of stand-up, which is helpful if you're a performer because <laughs> you end up sitting through a lot of stand-up. Right. It's interesting about the Big Bang Theory because I feel like it's a very competently made show by someone who's not quite on the pulse of, of what that, world is i must have missed the memo you're absolutely right like as a product that show is very well made and i don't even mean that in a derogatory way you know mm-hmm, that's those mm-hmm. those actors are talented they deserve to make money jim parsons is yeah, i think especially talented that seems to be the one thing we can agree on but it has the feeling of somebody who's never spent any time around nerds or geeks or whatever so mm-hmm. thinks that they all have to be these super genius scientists 
you know, that don't know how to interact with society. Well, you're not wrong. You know, to compare it to one of my absolute favorite shows, Community. Which is a show about a group Mm -hmm. of nerds. Um, but it's very well done. But it, you know, it's it's one is a is a former athlete, and and one really loves TV. My world, my empire, my voice, your pleasure. It's it's you know it's not so much <laughs> very type. It's, it's more of a, it's a vibe. So that that feels like a mm-hmm. real world with real people. That's you know, and again, I think uh, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth here you know uh at least two of us watched max headroom as a child like uh you know we're kind of nervous. I think we, <laughs> that's it, true no one denies that i think it smells a little suspect the big bang theory and shows like that you know um it's we, we're just not totally buying those those people don't look like our friends you know who might you be not that mm-hmm. i'm saying we don't have rocket scientist friends in the group we might who can say and i you know i think there's there's something to be said too about the way people treat each other on TV has changed a little bit too. Yes, yes, go on. I always think about like the early 2000s, uh, Adult Swim, all those shows, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force. Those shows are still very funny. If you go back and watch them, they're mm. so mean to each other. Like it's all the humor is just built in the back <laughs> of their face. Right. They're just terrible to each other. And I'm not saying that's not funny. Uh, it's hilarious. So did you get those bills paid off? Yes! Like you wouldn't believe. All of them. Every single one of them. Because there were four of them. I know. I distinctly remember four. Aha. Uh-huh. There were six of them. Uh, I think right about when the office, mm-hmm. the U.S. office got big, um, and specifically the U.S. office, because the British offices, they're much meaner. Sanj. This is Sanj. This is Ricky. By the way, it's it's This guy does the best Ali G impersonation. I, I can't do it. I, go on. I don't. I think it's oh. else. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's not you. It's the other one. The other, yeah. the other what? We started to see something where characters right. started being uh, sweet to each other. In an office, when you are ranking people, manager is higher than captain. On a boat, who knows? It's nebulos. Hey, look, I'm king of the world! Uh, there was a show, it was on the same time as The Office, called My Name is Earl. So I made a list of everything bad I've ever done, and one by one, I'm going to make up for all my mistakes. I'm just trying to be a better person. Which hasn't uh, really had the same continued popularity. Um, mm. But it was about, you know, it was about a guy who was just trying to fix his life by writing all the wrongs. And he was played by Jason Lee. And the like, mm. defining character, characteristic of this character, he's a very sweet guy. You know, <laughs> he just wanted people to be happy. I just want to get along. I just want to get along. I just want to get along. Um, and I think that was that, that was a big culture change in TV. And I think it's made a lot better TV um, because it's made people work a lot harder to get get jokes into their scripts. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't just say the meanest thing that which comes to mind, which is probably going to be funny. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Seinfeld is, is a perfect example because it's... A, definitely one of the greatest shows of all time but it does it has that sort of 90s thing where it's it's just like you got you don't like each other you know why are you friends with those guys i think another example of that <laughs> is um news radio which is one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. wonderful show phil hartman dave foley uh, everybody on that show is, is, is famous and talented. Yes, that's true. There is that sort of 90s vibe. It's a little bit different because there was, 
it got a little serious at points and there was, there was some romance between characters and everything, but it, it still does sort of have that weird feeling of like, this isn't really how people treat each other. You know, <laughs> like even people that don't like each other. What I'm talking about is a full scale revolt. <laughs> Dave's gone too far this time. Imagine an office without snacks. Oh my God, you guys, I got something. What is it? Uh, it's a piece of gum I left in the fridge. I forgot about it. A frozen piece of chewed up gum. How long has that been in there? I would say like August 95. People, we should be working. Enjoying the free snacks provided by our employer. Not foraging for frozen morsels like the members of some ice-bound Brazilian soccer team. Ah, uh, in England, they call soccer football. <laughs> Good point. Something we like to do most every episode is a little segment where we do a Where Do I Feel scene. The game of inclusion that's fun for the whole family. And before you got on the call, Austin said, we should do one of those with which kind of sitcom character do we see ourselves as? Mm -hmm. Because there's all kinds, like you've got the fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. the fill in the blank. I'll go in first. I'll go first. I think I'm the wacky neighbor. Mm, Okay. How so? I'm the wacky neighbor in like some weirdo outfit, like a big pink wig and a boa. And for some reason, I'm chasing three chickens down the hall. Mm, okay, I see. And I just go like <laughs> streaking by in the in the background mm-hmm. and presumably my sequin gown. So you just never know what I'm going to be doing and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, you are the kind of character that you'll get basically one big scene... Per episode and we get a glimpse into your world for just like a moment and then that and then that's kind of like once per episode we get one of those yeah it's possible or maybe they need to ask me something or maybe there's a meeting of everybody who lives in the apartment building mm. i'm not a big part but i'm vaguely memorable just because like what yeah you're like amazing larry from uh, peewee's big adventure we just cut to you sometimes yeah. and then is this something you could share with the rest of us amazing larry you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really pretty pretty minor in the general scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. I think I'm definitely the, like, the crazy friend, you know? What are you doing, dude? You know, like, the guy, he's got to go on a double date, and he's got to find, like, a match for his weird friend. It'll be really very... You know, and he's always... He's always just like saying dumb things like, where's the bong? You know, like smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beer. Like dumb stuff like right, that. Right, right. Uh, okay, and, uh, got it. <laughs> I associate a little bit too with, uh, with uh, uh, Todd from BoJack. How'd you even get in here? Your roommate let us in. Mikasa e Sukasa. And that is the last of the toaster strudels. And now my morning is ruined. Could you guys keep it down? Okay, I'm kind of on a date right now. Um, and uh, Abed from um, <laughs> Community. You know, sort of the, the outsider mm. who goes on his own adventures occasionally and comes back and people are like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is kind of like Breakfast Club, huh? We are in a library. Well, yeah, and I'm sure we've each got an issue balled up inside of us that would make us cry if we talked about it. Do you have something balled up inside of you? Oh, I get a little doozy in the chamber if things get emotional. Well, I, I think that certainly where I would feel seen uh, in a sitcom is uh, it, it, and they would probably be like some kind of situation where all of the main characters, like, you know, it seems like they're going to meet somebody who is like very important, you know, like the lone gunman or something like that. Um, but it turns out it's just the janitor. What do you want? Where's your janitor? And that's me. You know, like I'm just the guy like like. You know, they make a really big deal of like, oh, we got to go and find Austin. You know, he's going to like help us. And like, it's just because I have like the key ring 
you know. I've got them right here somewhere. I actually get Dave Foley from News Radio vibes from you. That's where mm, I, would, I would put you. That would um, be amazing, but I, I would not want to pretend that I could pull off what he he is. He's a funny, funny man. <laughs> this is really not how I wanted to handle this situation. Why not? Can't play favorites, right? Got to treat everybody equally, right? I mean, that's a road you're about five miles down, isn't it? Mr. James, how I run this office is my business. Now I have a staff that thinks if they complain enough about anything, I'll cave in, and that is not true. Now I'm going to have to ask you to return those desks. Wow. I love the fire in your eyes. And sir, if you ever come in here and undermine my authority with Easy the staff again, game, I'm I don't to... love it that much. I was just reminded of Kids in the Hall the other day, and so I felt like I had to rewatch a bunch of that just because uh, some of his characters on that show are so strange and so wonderfully excellent. <laughs> oh yeah, that was for me as a kid, Bruce McCullough. That he was always my favorite of all the all the writers because um, he would do that stuff where it was like not even like comedy; it's just like a weird art house film, and everybody's sad. Um, yeah, kids in, all in general was big for me as a kid. Where I was like, "Oh, you make me weird, and it's funny." Like that was that mm-hmm. was a big deal. There it is. There's cabbage head. I used to wear nylons on my legs to do temp work. Now I wear them on my face to stop sexism. Right, right on, on, sister. sister. <laughs> wow. I like her spunk. So, little lady, I notice you're not wearing a bra. Why don't you come over here and why don't you oh. eat lead, cabbage head? Like the the death of Cabbage Head was like the most amazing tragic short film that didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh my god. They've shot Cabbage Head. <laughs> Lower. Lower. Undo my belt. Come on, you can't refuse a deathbed request. <laughs> There was that one where they're just—it wasn't cabbage head, but they're just like endlessly shoveling coal into a furnace, and they're just talking about the endlessness and the hopelessness. Mm. <laughs> and there's like, there's no punchlines. Regal, it occurs to me this day that our work cannot stop the darkness. It cannot stop the blackness. The black hand that massages as I speak. <laughs> but each day we shovel fuel. You are right. One of the biggest elements of uh, working in television is uh, the pitch, you know? Like, how do we sell this show but keep it concise? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, you're going to want a one sheet, like just, just you know, uh, one sheet of paper that has uh, all the information you want to convey about the show and nothing else, um, and, you know, and, and some pretty graphics and probably want to have some kind of visual element. First off, the screen went yellow with spirals pulsing from the bottom left of the screen. Then it would go red with a pulse from the middle right. Mid left blue, top right orange, bottom left scarlet, bottom center green, top center red. You know, uh, I think mm-hmm. you know now mm-hmm. with, with digital media and everything, having having almost like a, a thirty second clip uh, as like a version mm-hmm. of a one sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's going to be pretty key. Okay, let's see what we've got. You know, I think in in some ways you can. Uh, afford to keep it a little vague because uh some people are gonna sort of know what to expect and even them being wrong about it is sort of a bonus i'm thinking about um you know how a show like wandavision must have been pitched i don't know if you guys are watching that i'm only a few episodes mm. but it's uh the yeah. marvel universe it's a sitcom I, i'm not a big superhero guy i'm watching you know from the other end of interest um so i don't understand a lot of it
sure. but uh, I, I imagine they mm-hmm. probably went in there with a few pictures and so, some of the, the media was confusing to see together. What am I looking at here? Just had a very, very pretty presentation that was like, this is something people remember. And that's a big selling point. This is something people remember. You know, it's vintage. Um, that, that's that's right. a lot of it, really. Cool, cool. I would think that creating a, a short little reel, 30 seconds or so of something, uh, would probably be the, the key to getting noticed. Check out this video. 500 million views. So um, I imagine if you're like a lot of people, you probably have your own uh, sitcom idea or something that you'd like to see on television. And I was just kind of curious, do you want to try to pitch that to us? Like, what's, uh, what's something that you would like to see uh, that currently doesn't exist uh, on broadcast? And for any listeners out there, Luke has already mailed this idea to himself. Jamail! Jamail is here! So don't get any ideas about stealing it because it is officially copyrighted. Right, 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 right. I actually did. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> too lazy. Uh, I do have an idea, and this is this is based on, on years of TV shows, so base, bear with me. But um, I, mm-hmm. I have either of you watched Lost? We have to go back, Kate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Hurley. Everybody mm. loves Hurley. He's the best yeah. character. Um, and, and at the end of Lost... La la la. I can't hear you. I'm only on season four. So I have an idea for a sitcom where Hurley gets the idea to open a chicken franchise on the island because he worked at a fried chicken place, right? <laughs> the investor he finds okay. Okay. Um, is a South American drug lord named Gus Fring. Sir, may I help you? didn't do it. See, I didn't do it. Do it. Do it. May I help you with your order? From the Breaking Bad universe. So, <laughs> he opened the pair. They're making meth on the island. Ben gets super into that. The business end of it. Mm-hmm, and the usage end mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Early has right. no idea the whole time. He just wants people to come to visit the island, have a nice meal of fried chicken, and do like a fantasy island thing where they like learn something about themselves and better their lives. Or something. So that's kind of the basic right. rundown. Yeah, there's it's like the dark side of fantasy island concurrent with the funny side of fantasy island. It's a hell of a combination. I, I, I think I would green light that, Heather. What do you say? Should we go? Y- oh, absolutely. I've green lit it already. Oh, perfect. If I told them once, I told them a hundred times but spinal tap first and puppet showed off. It's a morale builder, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously an idea I've had for a while. I'm referencing two older shows. So it's something <laughs> carrying my pocket for a minute. I appreciate the chance to share it um, other than in a, in a bar room with a disinterested stranger. It's, <laughs> it's my <laughs> But yeah, if I have a podcast where I try and, and sharpen the ideas for you, I'll be the first guest. Um, and also my Instagram, at uh, Theories of a Clown. Um, uh, I post a lot of memes and pictures of my cat, and I promise that's just about it. Um, and that's it. Those those two things. In case you're interested in, in hearing more of my thoughts on uh, on sitcoms based on old drama shows. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine, fears of a clown, issue thirty nine, contained fears of a clown, written by Heather Zykowski and Austin Rich, featuring a conversation with Heather, Austin, and comedian Luke Thiers. As they used to say back in the 90s, summer's ready when you are. With that in mind, please spend as much time as you can outside. 
you'll feel 100% better, regardless of what you're doing right now. And you don't even have to sing a breeder's song to do it. But if that helps seal the deal, then why not? This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge, and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story, music, or poetry that you'd like to send in or read, or you just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com? That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful, you guys are beautiful, and without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you!